Hey everybody, it's Jessica Simpson. This is Beyonce. This is Justin Timberlake. Hey, this is Avril Lavigne. This is Gwen from No Doubt. Hi, this is Usher, and you're listening to GSNJ Radio. What's up guys, this is Connie Jure here at Heartthrob Music Studio. Today we are going to be listening to some audio, and I actually have a guest here in the studio with me, Danielle McNair, who's my big sister, and we're going to be touching base on a topic that not many people like to talk about, but it is very real and happens every single day here in America, and that is the foster care system. A meeting led by Austin State Representative Donna Dukes with the Child Protection Committee focused on whether there is enough for training for caseworkers. And KXAN's Lindsey Bramson was there and has the story from the state capitol. If we expect them to come out and graduate college, we need to make sure that they're not being abused in care. Once a foster child himself, Tyrone Obaseki now spends his time advocating for the children he says can't fight for themselves. I was body slammed at the age of six and my teeth fell out. No one really cared. In front of members of the Child Protection Committee, he asked that stronger standards are put in place for caseworkers. Just one month ago, two children, ages six and four, drowned at Lake Georgetown. Paramedics said when they arrived at the lake, the kids' foster parents were nowhere to be seen. The agency who placed those children in their foster home is now under investigation. Ashley Harris is a former caseworker. There were times where I had very high caseloads and I was not able to devote the time that a child needed to them. She says caseworkers being assigned more cases than they can handle is a big problem. With those high caseloads, caseworkers are just running around checking on kids but really not able to look for red flags and ultimately that in puts a child in danger. Harris fears if nothing is done, more children may die. Lindsey Bramson, KXAN News. This meeting today follows new rules that will go into effect later this year that protect children in foster care. Come September, the Department of Family and Protective Services will interview relatives of a potential foster parent who does not live in the home. The agency also wants to run background checks on anyone considered an emergency caregiver and review all law enforcement calls to the home over the past two years. Hello, I'm Diane Sawyer, and welcome to this special prime time. Tonight, we are calling all angels, and we hope by the end of this hour, you'll be joining in. What if we could all agree that by tomorrow morning, something must change, that our nation's most fragile and abused children would no longer be bounced around from home to home in America's foster care system? when all these children want is someone who stays forever in their lives. As we begin, a few numbers for you. There are a half million children in foster care tonight, 120,000 of them available for adoption. Many of them have the minor behavioral problems you'd expect in their lives, but there are others who have much more difficult struggles. And so the first question we're asking is, who will help some? four different placements, and she's just 11 years old. Inside 
the strange new place, a counselor asks whether she's ready to talk about why she's really there. Can you tell me why you think you're here with us? Sent to those who sexually abused her. You can read it. 
dear, and I won't say the name, I want to tell you how I felt when you were You can read it like kind of like low. You know, people don't really want to know the stories of these kids because it, it's hard to hear. Judy Matliff is the president and CEO of Mary Hearst, which is one of the few centers in the country dedicated to the most abused and damaged boys and girls. Those whose problems would keep them bouncing from foster home to foster home. Here, 600 children a year are each surrounded and supported by a team of specialists. When you look at their stories, don't you just despair about human beings? Yeah, that's a good question. And in most of the world, it would be hard for them to believe that this happens to children and that sometimes at the hands of their parents. But in the context of who, of meeting them and seeing them, then you see the hope. Hope for some. In art class, counselors help her make a teddy bear of paper mache. Then she heads back to her room for battle with those demons. I get mad, angry, sad. Frustrated. But then, all of a sudden, she's an 11-year-old kid with a distraction. You have a lot of You have gorgeous No mics are off you at all. guys I'm back and what you just heard was the audio of the first two where um, they were they were real that was those were reports from the news and um, segments that were actually done on children that were in the foster care system are in the foster care system what happened to bring them to the foster care system and their experience 
So the first gentleman, um, Tyrone, he was in the foster care system as a six-year-old and he experienced abuse. And he used his experience, um, he used that to become an advocate for children in the system, to speak out for them, to fight for them. And that's such a big thing to do because this is something that we just don't talk about. We suppress it. And if you think about that, suppressing it and wanting people to not talk about things like that, those are the things that these foster parents, this, the family members, whoever, those are the things that these adults are telling these children also to do. And that is how these children grow up, come out into the world, and they're damaged. They're not getting what they need. Um, I'm a former foster child. I was in the foster care system, wasn't adopted until I was eight years old. I was in different foster homes separated from my sisters. And unfortunately, all of the horror stories that you just heard about, we ex I experienced it. It's real. It really happens. And even more saddening is that even after being adopted, it didn't mean that the abuse went away. It just mean that somebody legally owned me. And I thought once I was adopted that that was it, there is no other way out, that this is just what I'm, this is what we have to deal with. And if there's anyone out there who is listening that knows someone in foster care that's going through any kind of abuse, even children that aren't in foster care that are going through abuse. I'm talking about foster care because that's what I, what I experienced. So that's what I know. Um, speak up, say something. As an adult, it is our responsibility. It's our job to protect these children, not just our own, any child. Because those people, those children that are hurt, they hurt other people if they're not, if they're not, I guess what's the word, if they're not treated, if, if, the, if the pain isn't, um, if it's not treated, um, it's not just enough to take a child out of the situation. You have to nurture that child. It takes so much to raise one child. Just imagine how many foster kids are damaged that are growing up to be teenagers and adults and they're out in the world. And it's just not enough. We have to do so much more. And it's not bad to talk about it. There's nothing to be afraid of to talk about it. It's right here in our faces, right now, right now, at this moment, there's a child being abused. And there's an adult telling them not to tell anybody. We can't be those same adults. We can't turn our heads. We can't be these people. Because it happened to me and it can happen to anybody. So I have some questions for my big sister Danielle, who um who she actually she's the one that found our, our home. My our foster mother, God rest her soul. She had Danielle and Danielle told her about myself and our little sister Crystal and brought us on board to the McNair boat. And I just wish I could really say that. I wish I could say that it was all over after adoption, but it wasn't. And just because we came from a terrible situation to go to more terrible situations does not mean that just because we get adopted, we have to tolerate and accept less than 100% of someone's love and compassion. So do not ever think that. Sadly, those are the things that we held with us as adults, and we've tolerated terrible relationships with all types of family, friends, boyfriends, 
all that stuff, we've tolerated that because they probably think in their mind, well, you came from the foster system, so you can't really complain because at least we're not, we're not sexually abusing you, we're not physically abusing you, but mentally abusing someone. That's terrible. People are taking advantage of, of adults that are damaged. And following foster care, um, not all kids have a bad experience in foster care, not all of them. So I'm just talking about like the, you know, unfortunately the ones that, I wanna say the greater majority, there's so many, there are hundreds of thousands of kids in, in um, foster care right now waiting to be adopted. And um, I can only speak from my experience and what I witnessed, but failure to treat these things that happen to these children leads to anxiety depression we are like 29 percent more likely to end up in jail incarcerated the suicide rate is just unbelievable there are children in foster care killing themselves right now killing themselves because they'd rather be dead than to deal another day with the kind of abuse that goes on and that's 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 really sick and sad actually children are supposed to be afraid of the dark they're supposed to be afraid of the boogeyman or chucky or clowns they're not supposed to be afraid of male figures, they're not supposed to be afraid of women figures, they're not supposed to be afraid of the people that are supposed to be protecting them. And if we don't talk about it, it's going to keep on happening. So I want to put all the attention on Danielle and you talk about what we experienced, what she remembered because you were older. Which household? I guess from the beginning. All right, so as far as everything I remember? As far as everything that you can remember. Okay. Um, <clears throat> as far as what I remember, um, I was four years old. Um, we lived in an abandoned house by our parents. There was a hole in the ceiling. Um, it was very cold. My parents were doing drugs. My younger sister, who is now deceased, her name was Carrie. She was three years old. She fell through the hole in the ceiling and hit the, the floor and died instantly. No one took her to the hospital. She was laid next to me. I woke up trying to wake her up and she won't wake up. After that, that's when we were put into DHS and the foster care. We went through a lot of counseling, which for some it helps, others it does not help. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a wound you need stitches for. It's not gonna really help so much. Um, with that being said, we went to numerous foster homes, um, was molested in every foster home until um, I was adopted into my last foster home when I was six, almost seven years old. I was I, eight when we were adopted. Yeah, it took a little while. So when I went to this foster home, I was completely petrified. Like I didn't even want to get off the steps to meet anyone. I was stuck in one spot because I was afraid of a new environment. Um, I was afraid to, you know, get put into a new foster home. I was afraid of someone hurting me. I was afraid of, you know, just try. I wanted to be in a family and be loved so bad. It's a young age, you know. Then I had a lot of other problems. I had night terrors. I wouldn't sleep. The slightest sound, I'd jump up certain smells of colognes of certain you know foster dads would freak me out because it would petrify me um but i was willing to deal with whatever to be with my sisters because i didn't really have a family I didn't have a mom and dad anymore you know we had foster families foster parents you want to fit into with 
you know, you want to say mom, you want to say dad, you want to say whatever, you know. You want to, when you're in school, have events and have parents there. You didn't have that. We had a name we were adopted to, but a family didn't want nothing to do with us. We're the girls, you're this, you are this. You're pretty much a check. Yeah. That's what it is. We're always called Be the nice girls. to the girls. Be this, be that. Because, you know, no one wanted to talk about, once you're adopted to a family, they don't want to talk about your past, what you've been through. Because it makes the family look bad at that point in time. With that being said, um, I'm not 100% against DHS. I just know that they don't do a good job at investigating these families before they put kids there. When you adopt kids, it's like putting your hand in a basket. You don't know what you're getting out. And I know myself, um, I'm 32 years old to this day, and I still have a lot of problems. I have severe anxiety 24-7. 24-7. I don't let anybody near my kids. They're, they're, they don't go anywhere without me, ever. Um, I back out of events. I don't have a lot of friends because my thing is a fitting in. I don't fit in at all, you know, or I'm anxious, you know, they're not going to like me, or I'm not pretty enough, I'm not this, I'm not that, because of my past, of being anxious and being emotional all the time, or being standoffish, or being, you know, I'm a very strong person, because I've been through a lot, but because of my past, at certain times, I can't control when it comes out, when I'm emotional, when I'm angry, no one knows why I'm angry, I know why I'm angry, they don't understand, they don't want to understand, you know, so... The whole DHS thing, being abused, all that kind of stuff, it doesn't go away with counseling. It doesn't. It takes a long time. It may take forever. You never know. Um, I actually remember that. Um, I remember the counseling, but we only had it when we were children. And I think that, you know, as soon as you're adopted, when we were adopted, yeah. the caseworker stops coming. It's all over. So they're not following up on how we're doing because now we're no longer their responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that being said, you know, as foster children, you just think we, I don't know what it is today. I think you can actually get out of being, you know, adopted, put, put back into the system. But when we were adopted, it was, that's it. It's done. You were no longer a, the responsibility of the state any longer. And had a caseworker followed up or had we known what we could do or our rights, so much more could have been done. So much more could have been stopped because... Every foster kid wants to be adopted, but all these foster kids, some of them just don't know. They just, you have no idea. Yeah. It's so, it's just so sad because it's like, I remember Crystal said to me once, I was 18, she was 17, and she said to me that I was ungrateful, and I needed to be more grateful because at least mommy adopted us and kept us together. And I've just never been, you know me, I've just never been that kind of a person where I'm just like, so you tell me, you're meaning to tell me that we got all this going on, they're abusing us, and I'm supposed to just be grateful because I could have still been a foster child? See, no, 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 I don't, I don't do that. Like, I, no, I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. I want all your love, all your attention. I deserve it. Every child deserves that. That is, you took that on. And growing up, if we didn't know we were foster kids, Everybody in that family sure enough made it known. We were treated very differently at any kind of family function. All the other, the bloodline of the family, they would get gifts and things like that at functions, Christmas parties, Easter, Thanksgiving. We would get absolutely nothing. And we would watch our cousins of the same age play and be, you know, be praised and worshipped for everything that they did. And we were just the girls. And um, 
I used to think that when I moved to New Jersey and I finished nursing school, I did have a massive chip on both of my shoulders because I felt as though, well, I beat the odds and, you know, I'm successful and I did it and I have a house and a car and, you know, I'm not struggling anymore. And I would always compare myself to my sisters and felt like I was better than them. But the reality of it is that shit that you put kids through in the foster care, you're not meant to survive it. You're not meant to come out normal. You're not meant to come out functional. So to be one of God knows how many don't make it that way. You have to understand, like, you're not supposed to be able to survive that mentally. It's supposed to tear you in pieces. And to be completely honest, there are things that I experienced as an adult that I'm realizing stemmed from my childhood that I used to just find ways to avoid it and ignore it. And it just doesn't go away. It always catches up with you. So suppressing it is not the, the appropriate treatment for that. It's not. It has to be talked about so you can get it off your chest, so you can find out, find alternatives and interventions to treat yourself. And it's more difficult as an adult because this should have been taken care of when I was a teenager, when I was a child. Now I'm trying to mend wounds that were put there by the people that were supposed to protect me. And it, it hurts even more to know that I'm not the only person that went through it. Like, you fucked up three whole girls. But, but like I said, um, the first, the very first um, audio that was played, um, the Tyrone, who is a lawyer advocating for children in foster care to protect them, to make sure they have better in their place, in better homes that are more appropriate. That is a man that, an African-American man, that's a man that is taking his past and utilizing it as a stepping stone to help other children. For no reason whatsoever should he be ashamed of that. It's not, it is not, um, it's not dwelling on the past. To think anything like that or think anything against him speaking out against that would be, you're, you're part of the majority of the people that are telling these kids to be quiet. You'll be sent back to the, you know, back to diapers. Um, that, that's, nest, that's what stays, what happens in the home stays in the home. We've heard that plenty of times. You, just because you're uncomfortable with it doesn't mean that, I think you're uncomfortable with it because you don't understand it. It happened to us. I don't understand it either. I was never told why it happened and the truth about why it really happened in our foster home. I mean, it happened plenty of times prior to that, but why it happened in our foster home that we were adopted into was because the abuser was abused as a child. And instead of our foster mom getting him the help that he needed, she she gave him the drugs that he needed instead. And we're alive, we're pretty healthy, um, we have each other, but just, the it's a long road to recovery because I didn't even know that I was even broken yet. I, I just thought, like, I really thought that I beat the odds. But, it's not all bad. The story gets really good. It's going to be good. It's going to get better. It's going to get better every single day. Um, but we, as an adult, I have two boys. And when I look at them, I cannot imagine. I can't imagine anything like that happening to them at all. But it's going to get better because we're not going to ignore this. We're not going to suppress it. We're not going to make other people comfortable that are viewing. This has to be talked about because it's still going on right now and no child 
no child deserves this, no child, no teenager, nobody deserves this kind of stuff. And then after all that, after a road of that, once they um, age out, they dump them into society and expect them to excel, how so? We weren't taught diddly squat. I didn't know anything when I left home. I didn't know anything. Yeah. And I stumbled through life, literally stumbled through life trying to get together. People thought I was very immature and um, young-minded, but the truth was, a part of you is stunted. When somebody abuses you, I feel as of what age it happens, you piece of that age stays with you forever. You're like a child in that way forever. You just never actually go through growing up. And um, I do, I do suffer from having like post-traumatic stress disorder from this. And unfortunately, it happens whenever it wants to, and it brings you back. It brings you back, and it it's scary. It's scary. It's, it's scary, but that's what we're gonna. That's why we're gonna get this together, and we're gonna. It's gonna get better. That was my story. That was. That, there. Sorry. This is Chat with Connie Joy here at Heartthrob Music Studio. Thank you guys all for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you so very much. And um, if you know something, hear something about a child, a teenager, anything like that, even if they're not in the foster care system, you need to report it. It is so important to report this. I understand it's scary that this child or teenager may be taken out of their home and put into like a group home or the foster system, but you could save somebody's life. If you had any idea how many kids are killing themselves that, and these things aren't reported, this is our future. These, these kids are the future. What are, we, what are we sending out into the world? Come on, we gotta do better, guys.